Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide with Glide. What do you, why do you always laugh when I say guide on the side? I don't always laugh. No, you did. You just got all cheesy. Because <laughs> I was just expecting it, and then you switched it up on me. Yeah, you guide didn't on say the side. on the side. And I like to just see what you're doing. Hey, folks, welcome to the program. Again, on this show, we love to give you, uh, uh, as our own Skyboy calls it, a leg up <laughs> on the crazy thing we call life. We want to give you tools. None of us were born with a manual. And uh, because we don't have the guidebook, we have to figure it out. So here we sit every day and we just talk and we figure out different components, factors of life. We figure out how Sky got such a shiny, bright shirt is what we've been trying to figure out in the studio. He's wearing his Iowa Hawkeye shirt. Bright. What color is that? Mustard. Yeah, it's like a bright mustard it's, it's, like called, a must- it's, called, it's actually called yellow. I don't know if you've heard of no, that one No, that's before. not yellow. This is definitely I've yellow. I've seen yellow. That's more like mustard gas. That's Iowa yellow. It's good looking, though. It's this, bright. It's good yellow, huh? I can totally see you. Is it corn yellow? Corn yellow is it. Yeah. Ripened corn yellow. Kind of like, you know, that one tooth we all have that kind of looks like corn. You know that one? <laughs> you mean the snaggle tooth? Yeah, that yeah. one. That's it. Everybody's got See, one. It matches your snaggle tooth. Thanks. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, so today we've got a great topic. And when I think of this word, I think of one person, uh, Skyboy. So today we are talking, and I'm going to have you all answer this, Kay. Um, when, you, when you hear me say this word, think of the, I want you to know the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? I, mine is Skyboy. Okay, you've got to choose your own. Here we go. Are you ready? The word passion. Yelling. Wow. There's the ramp, boy. Okay. Yelling. I mean, if you really care. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> Hannah. I would definitely have to go with music. Really? Passion and music. I think it's just because it's my passion, so. Okay. Me gusta. How about you, Skyboy? I think you. When I think of passion, I think of you. I also think of me, actually, so. <laughs> okay. That's really good. We're on the same wavelength. <laughs> <laughs> good. How about you, Colonel? Only one word? Or could it be like a short phrase? A short phrase. Road rage inside the drive-thru line. Hold it. I give you the word passion, and you turn it somehow in that brain of yours into road rage inside. Think about it here. Food. Yeah. You're in a hurry. Right. Because you're off to go do something you really want to do. Okay. I didn't see that there. Road rage. But you're not on holding you up. You're in a and it just brings all the passion out in you. You just for the first time in your apathetic day, there's something you care about, and what you care about is that your bag of food is sitting there getting cold while the other guy's order is taking too long, Hmm. and you only have certain tools to express how you feel. (sighs) See, I think we're talking different passions here. (laughs) But it's interesting because yeah, we're totally talking different passions because you and Bryce are talking anger passion we're like what what is being passionate yeah hannah's talking about something she loves like a it's like the the adjective or the verb versus the noun well do i not love food yeah but you, it's not the food you, you 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 brought up the concept of the fight 
Skyboy loves himself. And I Not love a whole Skyboy. Lot of, okay. Not a whole so lot of fight I, there. Okay, so if I just changed it to drive through, that would be more passion? I don't know. Is that where your passion lies? So the question was, on a Saturday, would you get up at four in the morning to go have a fight in a drive through with somebody? <laughs> actually, okay, that's a good point. No. Actually, he might. Actually, how about you? But would you, Bryce? Because yours was what was yours? Yelling. Yelling. But see, you like the you like not the fight, but you like the I like sparring. It, I like it when things get exciting. Four a.m. So, hey, you kids, get off my lawn. Hey, I have a lawn, and there are kids everywhere now. Yeah, so now you have a lawn. They better get off. Yeah, get off my lawn. Are you Stop. that? Are you that guy? You're that guy. I'm the guy who sits out on our third floor balcony. I'm just like, quit, quit messing with the rhododendra. Yeah, get off my third of the lawn. <laughs> quit looking at my grill. You've divided your lawn into thirds based on a floor, right? Absolutely. Um, I another word when I think of passion is fruit. Passion fruit. I didn't know that was a fruit until last year or something. Yeah, I don't know if I could even pick out a passion fruit. I've never seen one in the grocery store. That's because they're so good; they're always gone. I hear. I just hear the flavor. It's the this. This has passion fruit in it, and I guess it's good because I like it. Well, who doesn't want passion unless it's a drive-through fight? The only time I've ever seen anything passion fruit is like the syrup flavors at snow cone stands and Seven Up, like Seven Eleven Slurpees. Oh so, yeah, see that. I don't know if it's a real thing because I. I oh no, it's real. That. It's made in a candy factory. It's beautiful. Passion fruit. Passion's the topic today. I think we missed the point. Passion is um, the again. Are you passionate about your shirt, this guy? Yeah, I'm passionate about this shirt. Really? Yeah. Okay. I get. I got up at 4 a.m. this morning to put it on. So you did. Yeah. Well, obviously the lights were off. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I really like the shirt. It's a. It's an Iowa Hawkeye shirt. Black and uh, yellow. It's called yellow. Mustard yellow. <laughs> it's. <laughs> Passion fruit is real. Is it? What does it look like? It looks like that. Like a flowery oh, looking thing with a... No wonder it doesn't get press. It doesn't look so good. <laughs> Grown in frost-free areas of Antigua, Argentina, and about 25 other countries that really? don't snow. Okay. Including California, Florida, and Hawaii. Does it increase your passion? Uh, it's round to oval, used for... They use it in the U.S. As an ingredient in juice mixes. Yep. See? It's a juice maker mix. See, that's what that's the problem here is it's OK. Let's just clarify what we're talking about on the show because we have a big show because this is a, we're, I, those of you that don't know, we've extended the show to two hours. It's now called the Matt Townsend Show Grande unless we come up with a better name. Mega Matt Townsend Show. Matt Townsend Show XL. Ooh, XL. I have to be double XL. Double Matt XL. Townsend. <laughs> no, That's no. Just I would say quadruple XL, but we could just call it like the quad. Let's just go. Let's just go with the. Um, let's just go with grande, grande burrito. Just for now, not burrito. I like it's the, the, I like the, the burrito part. Do they, I think we should keep do the they burrito. still sell the grande burrito? See, I think we found your passion. <laughs> How come now you guys are all passionate? Like I can't get this energy out of you ever. And then we start talking about a burrito, and you light up like That's a firecracker. It's dinner time in certain time zones. Would you get up at four a.m. to go get a burrito? I uh, have done it. Would do it again. You are sick. You were, you never went to bed. That's how come you were up. You would not go to bed, get up and say, hey, I need a 4 a.m. burrito. <laughs> you know what? I need to make a mistake right now. Was it a breakfast burrito on your way to work or was it a <laughs> late night snack burrito on your way down? I've done both and I'm not ashamed. Man. Okay. okay we found your passion. That was easy. <laughs> wow. 
I think one of the worst moments of my life was sitting in a Del Taco drive-thru getting a breakfast burrito at 3.45 in the morning because I had to go to work for something. And there you have it. That was not passion. Well, you know what? Try doing a news cut in after you just had a burrito supreme. Like today in the news? <laughs> I had to audition for the men's choir here at BYU. You had and to? Right, I had to for my like major. gunpoint? It was, it was for my major, man. You will audition. It was for my major. Was I mean, he doesn't have but to I make had, it. I had like two or three burritos. Did you really? Right before I sang it. <laughs> it was that? really hard How to did see. that work? So, well, I'm, so, not a, I'm not a good singer. So, so a high so. pressure... <laughs> You know, vocal situation. You choke down three gas or uh, yeah. gut grenades, yeah. and then you just like better stand here, no moving. I don't see a problem with that. Danger. Will did you Robinson. wear that shirt? I did not wear this shirt. Darn, you would have gotten in. Yeah, I did get in actually. So you did? I did. This was a couple years ago. Wow, really? I the only this reason is the I got BYU in. Men's the only, choir? Yeah, the only reason I got in, I think, is because I'm a music major. Well, and I have they, to do large ensemble. But did they know you like you were? She laughed at my auditions. Well, she laughed she at did. she laughed at auditions. She laughed at me at callbacks. Burrito singing <laughs> is a lot like having a handicap in golf. Is it? Yeah, I mean, he already knew he was going in. It's like sword fighting with one hand behind your back. You know, you're going to win. So, see, now I can just brag about it. I a made the burritos as you, as you go in, well, downing three burritos from Taco Bell. Not many people what? can say that. Well, no, not a lot of people would want to say that. <laughs> I don't know how good his singing is, but his breath smells delicious. <laughs> I thought I smelled beans when I walked in here. You know what's interesting? This is why I think I'm going to cancel today's show on passion. Can Be- we leave then and get some burritos? Do a show on burritos instead. <laughs> because look where we've gone. We started talking passion. We went to a fruit, Skyboy. We went to the passion fruit, and we went to music, and we went – to what do they call them? Drive-through drive-bys. And I, think, I don't I think we, we haven't even touched the, the issue first yet. point. My job description is to keep the show on topic. Yeah, you took. So us I've done a, a very detour. good job of that. But but there is another side to this because the other passion is what you'd get up at four a.m. to do, and you would do it every day, free of charge for the rest of your life because you so love it. Apparently, that's burritos. Truth be told, actually, though, if I if somebody calls and needs me to run over to their house for something, the middle of the night family thing pops up, the get-in-the-car-drive part, I'm totally cool with. Yeah. You get in the car, you turn the radio on. Boom. So I'd probably say grabbing the steering wheel. But that's your car. Cars that's you my, That's my passion. Yeah. You're a, you're a car guy. It's when I have to get out of the car and then lumber around and do stuff. That's that's the hard part at 4 a.m., you know. That's And then the music Hannah loves. I like music. Music is kind of the best thing that's ever happened ever. Hey, I woke up this morning talking about passion. Um, to see me, right? Because no. you're passionate about me. Oh, no. But I woke up uh, in a semi-dressed state because I don't sleep with all my clothes on. <laughs> Went to go check on one of my kids. Talked to him for 10 minutes in his room. And I heard somebody start playing our piano. And I'm like, it was, I think, 7 in the morning. And we don't usually do that in the morning. And my daughter's teaching a piano lesson. And I'm trapped upstairs, half-dressed. That's my daughter's passion. She's so passionate about it, she'll come teach classes or lessons at my house at 7 a.m. She she didn't even live there. No, she doesn't even live there. 
We don't even charge her. <laughs> she she but has I was her stuck own house. Upstairs. I had to wear one of my kids' clothes, one of my younger child's clothing to get downstairs. Past the mother, past the musician and my daughter. Well, Matt, didn't know you liked capris. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like love your ensemble, Dad. Like, it's actually twelve-year-old yeah. guy's sweats, but <laughs> let's not worry about that. Those aren't capris. I love your biking shorts. Yep, not biking shorts either. <laughs> like all these are jeans. <laughs> not so, what it is, but I'll take it. So my daughter loves piano. That's her passion. Boom. Okay, you know what I love honestly. I love my job. I love the radio. Love it. Okay, love it. Passionate. I'd do it for free. Just kidding. I wouldn't. Um, Any bosses listening? Uh, ignore that. Never last but I love it. I love. I love everything I do. It's just. But then you can still get worn out because you know. Well, if it's like waking up at four in the morning to do something, and you're willing to do it for free for the rest of forever of your life, I feel like one of the very few things that people can come to a consensus on is like parenthood. Bull. <laughs> You'll wake up at four in the morning for your kids, and you won't make them pay you. Actually, that's true for a while. <laughs> they're when they're cute and they're so cute and they're cute some these kids i don't know if you guys know this but they come out so darn cute and they come out cute so you don't kill them no really they're so they're cute so, they're so needy and they're Aww. loud and messy yeah. if they weren't cute we would not put oh, yeah. up with and that you can use them like a puppet and move them <laughs> anywhere you want and you kick their hands and yeah and you'd play with their lips then that's where you're passionate and then when they get a little older a lot of times the passion goes away. It's just more like compassion. You just have compassion when you're older. What's the age where a kid crosses that line? Where the kid or the parent? The kid. Where yesterday you go, you were cute, but today you're not. Oh, that's a good question. It's every age. They kind of they keep crossing back and forth. It's like a really bad border exit. So it's not like age nine, like, boom, not no, cute anymore. It's not an age thing. It's kind of, I don't know, with me, I have a very sensitive nose. So a lot of times it's just the smell. So that could happen at any age. I don't know. That's a good question. But passion and compassion somehow go together. Kids are great and all, but ah, that's interesting. We're going to have to ask our expert if kids would qualify as, I guess it would, as a passion. I could see my wife being passionate about that. Except she keeps wondering when they're going to move out. <laughs> yeah, well, clearly you haven't even gotten the first one to move out. Mm-mm. She, she keeps, keeps coming, coming back. back. She keeps coming back. We moved Change her out. the locks. She was married. I know. Totally. Last night, by the way, I'm going to bed. We were in bed. And she comes in and says, hey. You're like, hi, don't live here. You don't I'm get like, to walk in. Who are you? You don't even live here. I know. I just needed to borrow some things. Like your piano. Yeah. No. That, and then I wake up. So I thought she stayed there all night. See how passionate she is when you sell your uh, baby grand and just get a free upright at a yard sale that's no, out of tune? No, she did that. She's already got her own, com- her own computer, her own piano now. Boom. Out of my house. But by the way, passion. She went and bought her own piano because she's got passion. Apparently, you guys, and this is going to be interesting, when you're really into something, you're, you're more um, – and you, you've aligned your life to do this passionate thing. You're more engaged. And you want to keep doing it. And you do it at higher and better levels. Hmm? See, Sky? We've got to get you something. I think You know you... what it reminds me of? Del Taco. Have you ever seen Space Jam? Yes. It's my favorite movie of all time. Why? Because it's a mix of reality and fake. It's it was all, that period it's all of real. time when Michael Jordan said, okay, well, I'm good at basketball. So maybe now I'll try to be in baseball. And then after that kind of failed, they thought, well, maybe I'll try to be an actor. Hold it. You think it's all real? 
You know the Bugs Bunny's not real. Wow. You think unicorns are real. So if you can think unicorns are real, I can think Bugs Bunny's real. They found a unicorn lair in <laughs> North Korea. How many people do they let in North Korea exactly. to see the unicorn well, lair? Well, if you had a unicorn, would you let everybody see him? Yeah. See, that's why you wouldn't have one. Because <laughs> someone would steal your unicorn. Anyway, I try to do a show with passion and you guys just... Well, I was, I was going to say I was gonna say Michael Jordan when he's a little kid shooting hoops in the middle of the night. That's passion. That is you passion. distracted me. No, you took the conversation to Hold what's on. real, what's not real. Go back real. to that. Go back to that. Little Michael Jordan shot little hoops Michael in Jordan. the middle of the night. Yeah, he was shooting and then his dad comes out and he's like, you're waking us up. Blah, blah, blah. Was that, <laughs> is that a real story? I don't know. Probably. I believe Michael, it. yeah. I, at the time, I thought that was Michael, Michael Jackson Jordan. or Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan. At the time, I thought that was Michael Jordan. I was like, how did they know he was going to be a famous basketball player? Like, they filmed this footage yeah. way See, back again, when he was you a kid. Could, you distorted reality. And we're talking passion on the show, folks. Do you have a passion? Do you have something that you would say you're absolutely passionate about? We're not talking about physical passion like you're in love with the lady. She's so pretty. We're going to get into it in depth. This is the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show, the show of passion. Today, we're talking passion. Do you have passion? Would anyone describe you as a passionate person, actively excited and enthused about your life and what you do? Would anyone say that to you, Sky? Actually, someone did say that to me just a few days ago. Your mother? No. Who? It was a girl that a girl and I just kind of broke up. And uh, oh, hold it. We need. Well, we need, anyways, we don't have to get into we all, need the, that Hello all the gritty details. Mild friend music. She sent me a text a couple of days after. Did she really? And she was like, "Hey, I know you weren't expecting to hear from me, but I just wanted to thank you for showing me how passionate you are about life and everything you get into. And, and because of your passion for life, I got back into painting. And this is a painting that I'm doing. And she sent me a picture. And was it bad? No, it's actually really good. She's okay. a good painter. She sells her paintings. So, 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 so Skylar, what you're saying is that she's single. She is single. <laughs> Hey, would you be all right if Bryce? <laughs> Do you, uh, I mean, you know, there's this, there's Mackenzie, does that ring a bell? Uh, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. I just gave you the chills and I don't even know any of these people. Okay. We digress, but that's good to know. And yeah. Hey, by the way, so next I'm, time I'm let us know when person. you're dating. I totally believe that, but notice she broke up with you. Well, well, uh, yeah, maybe it was the burrito smell. Um, today we're talking passion, but uh, Bryce wants to draw a fine line apparently between passions and obsessions. It's where do they where do they meet? Where do you cross that border? Where do we cross the border? Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce's right. It's good to be passionate about something, even if it really isn't all that important. As long as it's important to you, that's what matters. For the purposes of the next few minutes, let's use power washing as a passion. Power washers can be pretty cool, and there's a great feeling of accomplishment you get when you make something look brand new just by swiping some water across it. It gets addictive fast. If you've never used a power washer, I recommend you find a way to use one. You'll be happy you did. But when does a passion become an obsession? Well, let's figure out what makes a passion. I'd say it's the thing you do when you don't need to be doing anything else. It's the thing you think about when you daydream. It's what makes the difference between a good day and a day that was, eh, all right. 
But passion can be a dangerous slope. It can soon turn into an obsession. You see, a passion for power washing starts out with you cleaning the driveway, the exterior of the house, the boat, the deck, really anything that can get dirty but handle a little water. But soon things take a dark turn. The easiest way to categorize the change is with the four D's of disorder used in psychology. The first D is deviance. This applies to thoughts, behaviors, and emotions that are abnormal for the cultures you belong to. If you're at work and you spend way too much time trying to think of things to power wash, or if you find yourself thinking, the dog is filthy. Maybe I could power wash the dog. Or if you're going to your friend's houses asking to borrow things so that you can power wash them or screaming with elation every time you watch a fence be stripped of years of dirt and grime. That's some pretty deviant stuff. The second D is distress. Maybe you've got a good head on your shoulders and you realize that normal people don't go door to door asking for permission to clean the siding of someone else's house. Or maybe it's the other way around. When you're at work and your boss says you'll need to stay late to finish something up and you realize you won't be able to power wash anything today and you suddenly have an anxiety attack, you're being distressed by your passion for power washing. The third D is dysfunction. This applies to your ability to do normal things like get out of bed, make and eat a meal, or leaving the house to grab the mail. If you can't do some of the more simple things without power washing first or at least satisfying your desire to power wash at some point in the future, things have become dysfunctional. And now the fourth and final D, danger. If you suddenly feel the need to start power washing yourself and others, or if you're getting extreme in your need to power wash, like washing roofs that are high enough to end your washing career should you lose your footing, or worse, if you threaten to power wash other people who plan to stop you from power washing. We've reached the danger threshold, and this has become a full-on obsession. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Well, let's just clarify something. Um, you don't really love power washing. Actually, you know what? Okay, story. I was a lifeguard, and I was like 15, and we were we were just sitting around, and one of our bosses showed up to see what we were going on. Frankly, I think this boss was more interested in some of my female coworkers, but we That's don't illegal. allegedly, allegedly. Um, and, and so he showed up and he saw that the bottom of our pool was kind of nasty, Yeah, which public pools. Yes. Yeah. Always Hello. nasty. Um, right. that should always be your response. Uh, he was like, Oh man, we got to like power wash the bottom of this pool. And we were like, how does one power wash the bottom of a pool? He was really? like, how do, how does one, you just get in the pool with a power washer. With Does a little it, wand. Oh, and you, so there's no, yeah, it's just power from the hose. It's, yeah, I'm thinking electricity, that'd be bad. Yeah, no, you leave the thingy outside and outside of the water. I think it'd be fun to have power wash fights. And I could see uh, someone getting passionate yeah, about that. Yeah, till when, and, Sky? And cut in half. Maybe. So you lose an eye. Yeah. <laughs> we could wear helmets or masks or... <laughs> see, or splash guards. Or I don't splash. know. What, what do you wear when you go to like SeaWorld and you're in the splash zone? Yeah. You Ponchos. Just, you wear a poncho. <laughs> So um, you actually – you just taught us four really cool things. So a sign – it's one thing to be passionate like about um, our children, be sure. a passionate parent that loves to be a parent or to be a passion – like Hannah about music. But like when you get into burritos, when you get into um, uh, uh, power washers. Or, or burritos are good, like danger. Like if all you're eating is burritos. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's bad. If you have a growth growing in your colon area, that's dangerous. That's no longer a passion. That's now an obsession. You're sick. You need help. Is that what you're saying? You've gone too far. You've gone too far. Or if there's deviance. So I mean, does that mean if we start hiding it, if we start having to sneak a burrito here in the middle of the night? <laughs> if we're, 
<laughs> no, exactly, exactly. Yeah. If if we're worried about someone catching us with a burrito, or if we like stroke the burrito before yeah. we eat it, uh-huh. that's what if, weird. What if you dress the burrito in clothes and treat it like a baby? <laughs> if you take it to your tea party and because that's what Sky did this morning. Ask it, ask it what it did this morning. <laughs> it's um, so dysfunctional. Hey, that's number three. Dysfunction is when I guess we can't function normally because hey, I haven't had my burrito. Exactly. That's the people that are like way addicted to caffeine. Hey, I can't even get up. Stuff or, like or, yeah, it's the well. I I really want to go to work, but first first I got to get a burrito. <laughs> first I need a whole bunch of burritos. See, because um, see, passion is just one word with so many iterations. Like so, there's the passion could lead to obsession, and some people are like, no, I just I love her so much. That's just, why I follow her all day. I'm just really passionate. Yeah. Like um, mm, yeah. But, I, like passion. I feel like hobbies are the best example of a passion yeah. you don't need to be doing it yeah um but you just do it because you like it and but it if you don't invigorate you yeah. but you don't need to no one needs to die you don't need to be threatened because you're doing it yeah you won't get you know you won't end up uh with assault charges mm-hmm. because someone didn't give you time yeah to do whatever you need to do well see that i think you did a great job oh I think and you're you passionate about your your brands that's what's amazing Always. I think that's a that's one of your passions, and you don't even know it. Even I like making a point. Right. Well, you do. You do. You make a great point. Um, we're going to come back now with the, the expert. Darren Adams is going to be joining us. Darren has spent oodles of time, I think 25-plus years, I believe, in media and journalism. He is an author, a speaker. He's an award-winning broadcaster. He's going to come teach us about passion. He wrote a book called Lights, Camera, Passion. Darren Adams will be joining us to teach us all about passion right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're talking passion. Passion is the subject of the day. And um, we've got a great guest and a good friend of mine, Darren Adams, is joining us. Darren is an author, speaker, an award-winning broadcaster. He has worked as a lifestyle host, tracked down celebrities like Martha Stewart and Pat Sajak. I did not know that. Sports anchor, weather anchor, morning feature reporter. He's eaten crickets. He's had liposuction performed on him. By the way, your hips look great. Thank you. And uh, on camera, by the way. Yeah, that's the whole thing. It was all done live on TV while I had liposuction. Hold on. It wasn't just like I had liposuction. That's not a claim to fame. Anybody could do that. I, I was live on camera while they were sucking fat from my neck. What? Yeah. So, like, they'd inject it full of stuff, and the camera's rolling all this, and then the guy makes a little incision, and he's jabbing this, was and I'm talking to him. Was it ratings week? It was a ratings week, yes. <laughs> Amazing what Are they make us do. Are you kidding? Yeah. Was, this, what, I, was that here in Utah? No, that was in... Uh, I'd pay to see that. Yeah. I'll Is that on your can, roll? I think I can, I'll try to find the air check Sorry, that. I shouldn't say roll when we're talking about <laughs> liposuction. Are you kidding? And then the cricket. I've seen you do just crazy the, stuff. The crickets, I actually, I'd forgotten about the crickets till the other night, I out in the yard, and there was a grasshopper, and I stepped on it, and said the guts come out. And it reminded me, because of the cricket, it was like a deep-fried cricket. You're like, oh, this is good. But crickets have, oh, not that we're talking about crickets, but now we're on this here. Darren. You have to chew on it, because the ectoskeleton doesn't really dissolve no. much. So you chew on it, and sort of, 
yeah. suck out the innards and then spit out the Ugh. shell. It was sick. It okay, was but gross. this is why. Okay, this is why you wrote the book on passion because <laughs> of the crickets. Well, because you're you're really good at what you do and you have a ton of passion. But you would eat a cricket. See, I would ne- if I was asked to eat a cricket. Actually, I probably would eat a cricket. But I'd never get lucky. Are, are we putting a call out right now? If someone is nearby and might have a cricket, you'd, you'd eat it if they brought no, it No, okay, I wouldn't eat a BYU cricket because okay. they feed them so much oh. food here at BYU. <laughs> I would eat the hypothetical cricket on the hypothetical show in a hypothetical other era. Okay. We'll make a note of that. I, and by the way, I would probably get right on a unicorn after. <laughs> so it'll happen about that same time. Um, so <laughs> Darren wrote a book, Lights, Camera, Passion. So here you sit. On TV. How long have you? 25 plus years. Was that, was that right? Been in TV? Yeah. Like 30. Man. Yeah. You look so young. I know. It's amazing for someone who, who's like, I feel like I'm 30. And I, knew yet it I, was, I knew it was that. Maybe. Yeah. That's amazing. But now um, you sit here, by the way, every day interviewing, well, anywhere upwards of six people a day almost. Yeah. On some of those shows. Passion. And learning, and learning some great stuff about their passion. And it's amazing. Because everybody that comes on is just a different act. Yeah. And, and one thing I learned, because I started, like a couple years ago, I started thinking, what's the common thread here? What's something that works? What makes good TV? And as I started jotting down stories and jotting down notes, I discovered that the people who were successful on TV had passion. That, that, was, that was, was it. The, that was the edge. Yeah. Like you look at some of these segments that we're looking after, it's like that bombed. That, yeah. that totally, <laughs> that was horrible. What went wrong there? And we're trying to analyze it. And then we'd have other segments like, that was great. There was great energy. And what is it? And then I realized it's, it's, just it's the passion. These people have passion for whatever it is they've got. But see, that's what sells you, huh? Because you can look good. So you, I bet this is true with a resume or an application when you're applying. You go in, you can look good. But everyone showing up could look good. Yes. But it's you being able to talk and be excited. And even if you don't even seem to know what you're talking about fully. <laughs> why, but, why are you hinting about that with me know, there? No. <laughs> but like just the idea that all of a sudden. Sky's you, pointing at you right yeah, now. Is it, you know? Don't <laughs> listen to Sky. Did you look at his shirt, by the way? That's passion right there. Oh, see? Yeah. He's passionate for the Iowa Hawkeyes that he'd wear a shirt that's uh, like a fluorescent orange. It's called yellow. Keep believing that, dude. It's yellow. Keep believing that. Actually, let's ask Darren because Darren, he's done a lifestyle show on TV for forty-eight years. Darren, <laughs> does that look like yellow to you for real? I am the wrong person to ask. My wife and Are I get in an argument every time about yellow because she, to me, that's that not is, yellow. That is sort of yellow, but she has this sort idea. of yellow. No, sure. it's, it's it's yellow. It's, it's yellow. like the grasshopper guts yellow. See, there is a hint of orange to that yellow. It's pretty orange. But there's the same way that she claims something's yellow that I think has a hint of chartreuse to it. Now, hold it. What the heck is chartreuse? That's like a hint of green, like a little bit of a green to the yellow. Okay, see, Darren, you just snuck the word chartreuse in on my show. That word has never been used on air. Is that like the mystery word? I get a prize now for working that in? Um, You know, (laughs) chartreuse. You did it. Thank you. Thank you. It's that, the mystery word after all these passion. years. Yeah. Um, it, okay, and I'm going to look it up because I want to know what exactly the color looks like. It's like an electric neon green. It's like yellowish green. Oh, I like that. I okay. like that. Yeah, it's a good color. It's yeah. His is but like his that. is not. His is like an orangey yellow. It does have a hint of orange. I'll give you. Well, that. would you, would you it's add just, the word? It's just because the lights. It's dim in here. That oh, might okay. be. It. If we step out into the real light, it's. Yellow. Or maybe it's just your skin contrast. Maybe it's my hair <laughs> accentuating the orange that you're seeing because my hair is you know kind of orange. It's cute. Thanks. Let's go back to you, Darren. Um, passion. So here you sit across from people all day long. And I've seen your show. I've, I'm on your show. I used yeah, to be on your show. you've seen it, yes. And they, um, it's true because some of those people 
were uh, they just really good at what they do. And then some maybe were buying some ad time to come be on. But you right. could tell the difference. You could even tell the difference between the one that was doing his job and loved being the plumber guy. Yes. And was passionate about it and could actually make checking whatever your toilet's fun. And I've seen that. Like You're like, that was a really good segment. Yes. So it doesn't matter if they're paying or being paid even, does it? No. And, and it's not even because I used to think it was sort of an excitement too. But yeah. it's sometimes more than that because yeah. someone can be really – Sedate and low key, because some people are naturally not excited to kind of people. Right, but right. that doesn't mean they can't have passion. That doesn't, no. get, they, that doesn't mean they can't be passionate about things. Yeah. They still do, but sometimes it's just more of an underlying, underlying, you know, passion. The energy, life, yeah. like on TV, when you show up to do TV, there's a lot of energy there because it's a big deal, and there's lights, and there's ten or fifteen people in the room, and there's a lot that could go wrong. Yes. So this isn't just people jumping. You saw people. That actually connected to passion and, and, and brought passion to the moment. Now, help us with this because we had a big discussion about it. So your definition of passion is what? Something inside you that makes you feel alive, that makes you feel excited, that gets yeah. you going, that gives you that feeling like butterflies in your stomach, that gets you out of bed. If you had, to, if you had the opportunity to, to engage in your passion but it meant waking up at 4 in yeah. the morning, you would do it because you love it. See, now don't you think that that doesn't mean a burrito? Because yeah. these guys all went to burrito. Now, if if it's a burrito or power washing, now if someone really, really power liked washing. power washing, and like they're thinking, I have a but, chance to yeah, power okay. wash tomorrow. I'm getting up at three in the morning. Then that's yeah. a passion for okay, them. Okay, but that's weird. It, it would be. But um, but I've heard weirder. But I like this. So that really is the test. Would you do it at four a.m.? Would you do it for free? And would you drive out of your? Would you go out of your way like to drive three hours to talk to someone that's about huge. it? You know, those are yeah. those are some of the keys. Would you wake up in the morning to do it? Would you do it for free? Would you give up four hours and drive out of your way to talk to someone about it? If you can answer yes to those things, then I think that is sort of what your passion might be, where well, it might lie. And what I love about what, what your history is, you've done it all. So you've been to disaster kind of scenes. You've seen traumatic events as a reporter. Then you've kind of taken the weather turn. So then you've seen every weather disaster yes. on the earth. And you've reported on all of these. Then you've kind of just seen people living their life. But I know across all of your shows, um, you've, seen, you've seen something about passion making life different. How does how does passion kind of help us through those bad times? How does it? How, why is it so essential that you'd even think of writing a book about it? You know, I think passion. When you have something that's passion, it overrides everything. It trumps things that when you're having hardships or trials or, or pains in your life. Um, we one time when we were in the course of moving around moved to Peoria, Illinois, mm. and and we didn't even have our house hadn't sold, and we didn't have our possessions with us. And finally, I was there for six months before my wife and kids were even able to join us. But but we discovered once they came out and joined us, we should have we should have been horrible. We we living in some small dinky apartment. We didn't have any of our material possessions with us, but we loved it because we discovered that our passion was being together as a family. family. It, was, it was this family faith kind of thing oh, that we cool. relied on, and that was our passion. And then while we were still there in Peoria. Uh, a year or two later, we had a, a child. My my wife had this beautiful little baby girl, this adorable little thing, little McKinley, and she was the sweetest thing. And shortly after she was born, she started developing these these rash sores, and we took her to the doctor, and they didn't know what's wrong with her. They ran some tests, and finally they discovered she had this really really rare disease. Oh, scary! And 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 her white blood cells were eaten alive and eaten her from the inside out. And they said we have to treat it like a chemotherapy. Oh my! Um, and so this poor little baby, you know, we're going through this thing, and it, it was this horrible awful time as we're sitting there trapped in the hospital and and going through chemotherapy out of state yes, not with yeah, your family nobody's around except your immediate family but we had once again one of the greatest times because we were still there even though we were in a small hospital room 
we still had each other. We're out playing football in the parking lot. We're playing password with each other in, in the hospital room. And and even over the summer, she, she got strong enough that we could go out of town and we could go on a family vacation. Everybody could meet her and see How her for the neat. first time. Yeah. And it was great. And and she actually sort of, when we got back, sort of took a turn for the worse. Oh, no. And, and, and they tried a different kind of chemotherapy and they tried different things. And I still remember... I still remember the Saturday that I got a call from my wife, and and I was just packing the kids up and we're heading head to the hospital because my wife had been there with in the hospital, and she said she she just passed away. No five way. minutes ago, um, and it was and how it old was, was she? She was just a little over a year. Oh, um, your passion. And, but, died. But, but no, but it wasn't because that's what we relied on because we still had, we still had her in our family. Yeah. She was still yeah. part of us. We still had each other. We still had our faith. We still had our family. And we relied on that Interesting. to yeah. get us through the hardest time of our life. And it turned that hardest time of our life into one of the greatest experiences of our life that's because we were able to yeah. focus even more on that. So I think when sometimes if people have hardships and they have trials, and believe me, losing a child is one of the greatest oh, yeah. you can do. But if you can rely on something that you discover that you're passionate That's about, huge. whatever it might be, whether in our case it was faith and family yeah. and being together and, and relying on those things that we had, that gets you through it and your trial can, can trump it, all things. Well, and it transcended – so it's not about the thing you're passionate about. It's about kind of the energy and the principles yeah. behind the thing. Yeah. No, not that – not that having a passion for power washing would overcome lo- losing yeah. a child. Yeah, but, right. But, but like maybe it's the passion of work yes. or cleanliness. Yes. I mean, there, there, if, there is, yeah. if there is something, though, that, yeah. that gives That's you huge. that life and that energy, then – I mean, maybe you have a horrible relationship. Maybe you're, you and your spouse are not getting along. Maybe your kids uh, aren't, aren't doing what you want them to do anymore. Maybe, maybe you've lost a job. Whatever things might be hanging over your head like a gray cloud – if you've got something that you can rely on that gives you that energy, that gives you that excitement, yeah. then that's what gets you up in the morning and that's what gets you to go. No, that's it. huge because I sit here and I think of a lot of our listeners are, would be truck drivers and long haulers. And um, I mean, some of them, you can say, ah, yeah, I'm real passionate about it. But the reality is even if they can't see the passion necessarily in their act, there's probably something they're doing it for. There's something or someone or a higher purpose. So is that one of the keys to figuring out – what your passion is? Is that how you get to that? I I do a little exercise with people we call like the passion pyramid. It's sort of like an NCAA bracket kind of thing. And so so you list list and there's there's some of those in in the book that I just came out with. That you you list little blank forms. You list eight things and then you pit them against each other and you say which would I rather do between. Oh, cool. Shopping and hanging with my grandkids. And which do I later between reading and vacationing? And you, and you sort of whittle them down, and then you come down to your favorite. Which do I like better between hanging with my grandkids or traveling? And, you, and then you got to I, I don't one. know. And you come down to your final one, and that's the one oh, I cool. think that, that helps. Cause, do you know when I ask people what their passion is? Do you know what the number one answer I get is? What? Exactly. Burritos. They, oh. It's not burritos and it's not power washing. Okay. Neither one of, it's, uh, well, I don't know. Exactly. That's it. I don't know what my passion is, what people say. They say, I don't know. I've never thought about it. And I think most people coast through life without identifying what their passion is, without saying, this is what I get excited about. And they just get lost in day-to-day life. And then I guess we're wondering, man, why why is my life so monotonous? Yeah. Why am I stuck behind the steering wheel all day long driving and I have nothing to live for? And if you love music, you could be driving with your music pounding and be loving it. Yes. Isn't See? that funny? Like music could change their eyes. Exactly. You just That's cool. M- Melanie Douglas, a good friend of ours yeah. who does fitness exercises and, and fitness segments mm-hmm. on TV, she's like that. She developed her passion 
on music. And that's what drove her the whole thing. That's what got her into teaching exercises. Is that how classes. she gets through her workouts? Because yeah. her workouts kill me. <laughs> they, it's because of the music. It keeps you going. Oh, my heavens. Okay, Darren, stick with us, brother. We're coming back. Wait, I'm not leaving right now? I'm, no, no, no. Okay. you got two uh, more hours. Okay. Um, Darren Adams, again, go check out his book at his website, DarrenSpeaks.com. The name of the book, Lights, Camera, Passion. We'll be back. He's going to start uh, giving us, I think, a, a lot a lot of stories. One story I'm not sure I want to hear. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to telling this I one. can hardly wait. The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Hoedown Hour. That's, <laughs> that's our new music for the two-hour show, just for this little, uh, this just for this segue. What do we call it? this bumper? That's the Hoedown and put together by our own Skyboy and the Skyboy Hee Band. Did you put this together, Sky? No, but I like the idea of Skyboy Yee Band. It's Hee Haw. Hee Haw used to be a show on television where they would just do Hee Ha, do you remember that, Dare? They did more than just hee <laughs> There were a bunch of cute girls in <laughs> Daisy Dukes and funny Poking bob from the cornfields, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was horrible. See, that's so funny. We're so old, and we're really not. It's just these other people are so young. We're here with Darren Adams, author, speaker, award-winning broadcaster. Darren is the author of Lights, Camera, Passion, a book about passion and how to find passion in your life. He currently lives in Utah with his wonderful wife and four perfect children. Is that true? I've yep. actually met your kids. Have you? My wife was offended by that line because really? she said it made it seem like the kids. She said clearly the kids aren't perfect. So when you say kids, then the four perfect yeah, it's children. Like you're, yeah, so you're then it just makes the whole line is irony, and then yeah. it makes it look bad on her that I called her wonderful. Well, should we not call her wonderful? I, I, She's no, wonderful I, too, though. So I can call the I can call her wonderful. She doesn't have a problem with that. She just has a problem if I call the kids perfect. Huh. Why try? I know. Why do we try? So Darren's talking to us about um, passion. You got to get his book, though. It's just recently released. It's awesome because you've sat uh, across from people, from everybody you can imagine, from Martha Stewart to Pat Sajak. I did not know that. That's a nice guy. If you had to choose between the two, who's the most passionate? Um, Pat or Martha? You know, these two, as, like, we're pitting them against. Yeah, because they're they're passionate in different ways. I think I think I'd sort of have to go with Martha, even though it seems almost like a mean passion. Yeah, yeah. Does that sound? It's does, kind does of an aggression. Said, yeah, it's a passive. Ag- no, it's it's. Uh, but see, Pat pretty much just asks questions. Yes. Yeah. So it's not much. He doesn't even turn his own letters. Yeah. I mean, if he was passionate, he'd run and turn the letters. He'd be more excited about. Let me turn that. Like, I'll, I'll let you buy a, a, Come on, a, a. I'll give you a two for one while I'm here. <laughs> so cool. I really want you to get this answer. You know, that would be his passion. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't really come no, through. Doesn't. Where Martha, it's a, hers is sort of like that subdued yeah. passion. Yeah. She has a deep passion, even though it doesn't come across mm-hmm. as an excitement. On well, and you kind of wonder if she won't hurt you. Oh, I know. Don't if, look at her wrong. And I, and I mean that in a loving way. Um, <laughs> so let's go to this. Okay. Does everyone have a passion? I believe everyone has passions, but I believe most people have because they don't know. Yeah, most they people say, have forgotten know. what their passions are, and I think it comes from you just get stuck in the routine. Oh yeah, you get stuck in the day, like some some housewife, and she's taking care of the kids, and she's making lunches, and she's doing yeah. laundry, and she's making the beds, and and running kids to soccer, and she complete. She doesn't have time for a passion. Well, don't you think it's almost like not socially acceptable for someone to go have a passion? Yes. Because you're here to just work yeah, and serve. Yeah. Don't be selfish and go 
spend that half hour running every morning. Because I used to, and I used to think that, because my wife has some passions, she gets, she goes over the top. I will come home at some point, getting close to Halloween, and the house looks like <laughs> like it's a craft store or something oh, like no. that. She's put up decorations and she's put up. Is it just Halloween no, or is it every holiday? Oh, it's every holiday. Wow. Halloween's the next one. So I'm just, yeah. I know it's coming at any yeah. moment. The Halloween boxes will explode yeah. and there will be stuff everywhere. Um she loves it. She gets so excited for it. And I'm thinking, like, aren't you, like, wasting your time? Shouldn't you be Shouldn't you be cleaning the house? Or yeah. shouldn't you be sewing that button yeah. on my shirt or something? And, <laughs> you know, why, why do I have to take the garbage out? You should have been doing that yeah, instead of hello. putting up the Halloween That's decorations, right. you know? She loves it. It makes her feel so alive and so excited. And I used to try to fight against yeah, it until no. I realized it makes her a better person. Let her it go. makes her a better wife. It makes her a better friend. It makes her a better mother. When she That's has something great. that she's passionate about, yeah. then she's a better person all around see and isn't that cool to see in her because then all of a sudden like she's alive yeah she's alive because <laughs> sometimes you wonder with your spouse or your kids like what is their deal like do something like get into get into life and i can see it with my own kids like don't you want to go play ball with the kids nah yeah <sighs> yeah then you, then you just ask them to do a chore right <laughs> Okay, but, but I I find that so. I was just talking to someone a few minutes ago. Kids nowadays, we talk about adults. Yeah. We sometimes have forgotten our passion. I don't even think kids have a clue. Isn't that because kids always could just go find yeah. something they like to do? And I've talked with my twelve year old daughter several times. Like, well, what are you passionate about? What do you like? She says, I don't know. I just don't know what I'm passionate about. I don't know what I'm excited about. See, isn't that crazy? I picked up my son. He he gets out early one every other day because he has an internship. But his internship is to go work on music, which is what he's passionate about. I was going to say, because your son is totally passionate about yeah, music. He's totally, great. Like crazy passionate. But I picked him up. So he was at um, a friend's house, like professional musicians, oh. for four, four and a half, five hours. And, he, and I picked him up, and you have never seen a happier kid. Yeah. I'm like, how is that? And he like, couldn't talk. He's <laughs> like, Dad, that was the greatest thing ever. Now, Sky gets to do it all the time because he doesn't going to go to school or anything he's supposed to and everything but he doesn't but um but so i sit here and i think i don't want to step on my 16 year old boy's passion by like making him go to school and everything but yeah. that's only you only get to do that every other day the rest of the days you got to go to school and he dreads it so it's almost like maybe we beat it out of people we have expectations that well no you can't do music because there's no money in music but you know people don't have to because i believe as well maybe my passion is uh, get worried about power washing dancing. burritos, or whatever. Let's maybe dancing. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. And I love dancing. I'm never going to make a living at dancing. Yeah. I, and there are no jobs for dancers. But I don't. Because of that, I need to be realistic that yeah. I'm not going to support my family on being a dancer. So, and I have to go work nine to five doing something. So I do that. But you need to have some aspect of your life that has that passion. So even yeah. like your son, you tell your son, you got to go to school you, yeah. because that's what you have to do. Yeah. Life that's is what life. We do, legally, it's reality. <laughs> yeah. You got to get behind the wheel of the truck and you got to drive it. You got to do the laundry because that that makes life go round. But somewhere in your day, somewhere in your life, you need to have some outlet for passions where you can rekindle that little spark and you mm-hmm. blow on it a little bit and and it sparks a little, yeah. has a little flame. It doesn't have to be every. Every day. It doesn't have to be an hour every day. It doesn't have to be four and a half hours of professional music right. every single day. No. But somehow you got to keep that passion alive. I love that. How do you um, – because you, you wrote stories about a lot of different people you've met and how they found passion. How do you – where do you find your passion? I guess it's, I guess it's where you'd spend your time. Yeah. 
So where? How do you find it? It's it's even that quote that that uh, I, I don't remember Sky or someone said earlier. It's where your mind goes when you don't have anything to, to do. Was yeah. that you, Sky? No, that wasn't you. No. Sorry, was that Bryce. Was that I don't know. I who don't know who said somebody that. said that. We don't really listen to each other. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's not a lot of passion in the room. And, and, and sometimes we think. Sometimes we think it has to be something that we're good at. Yeah. Um, and because someone even told me, well, whatever you know, whatever your skill set is, and a skill set is not a passion. No. A, no. A, no. A skill set doesn't get you excited. Yeah. No. I mean, that actually. I mean, it could, but the, just that you have skills doesn't mean it's you're inherently passionate. Because I can type eighty words a minute yeah. does not mean that I should be passionate. Well, about and how many typing. pro athletes lose their desire? Right. So, you know, I was just I was in a BYU TV building. About thirty years ago, okay, maybe thirty-five years really? ago. Really? Yes. Oh, you. And, yeah. And it was it was just I was a freshman. It was nineteen seventy-nine. It was fall. The leaves were falling. The weather was turning. I was just gotten out. I just got out of this class in some communications class, and and so these people in the communication they said, "Are you going to come down with us? We're going down to do the TV yeah. show." I'm like, "What TV show is that?" They said, "We do like a nightly newscast, and we we all volunteer." I'm like, "What's it? They come down, come down with us." And so they brought me down. And they pushed this big, heavy studio sliding door out of the way, and there was this. TV studio. It was like it was like magical. Boy, it was like North Pole kind of thing. Up? Yes, yes. And you're like, I've got to do it. I've yeah, got to do it. My eyes are popping out of my head. I'm like, yeah. I'm watching them all go around, do stuff, pushing buttons and moving cameras. And and so I said, What do they say? Just sign up. And so I signed up. And the next day they assigned me to do Film Chain. Film the Film Chain doesn't even exist anymore. And you are younger than I am, so yeah. it didn't even it exist didn't probably exist when then. you were there. Was that the Chain Gang? Almost like that. <laughs> You know, like when a new, when a news anchor is reading a story and there's like a picture up behind uh-huh, yeah, over yeah, their shoulder, yeah. or whatever. So those were on slides. Oh yeah. And so I would get all the slides uh-huh. for the newscast. My first assignment. I read was about this chain. in books. Yes, <laughs> the ancient history <laughs> books. And I'd put the slides in this machine, and they were like two big drums, like big carousel slide kind of things. And I'd put them there in the right order. And then the director said, uh, "Advance, it's film chain." I push the button and the new, new slide would come on. So the show's going along and like, and the slide comes up. I'm like, I put that slide there. That was me. I did that. Yeah, I, I was know. so excited. I and it was going well days. until it was like Nancy Reagan, some story about Nancy Reagan. And they said, advanced film chain. And the film, the picture popped up and she was upside down. I had put the picture in upside down. Oh, and like man. they're screaming over the headsets. They're like, Who, where's, where's who's in film chain? Someone change the, lose the effect, lose film chain. And I'm thinking, I can fix this. I can fix this. And it's like, I reach in with my fingers to try to grab it. And Your fingers are yes, on the camera. my fingers are on oh, the what camera. what a nightmare, So it's like dude. these big King Kong fingers grabbing Nancy Reagan. <laughs> Pulling her out of the screen. BYU and they, television. Yes, it was horrible. <laughs> How bad um, is that? And I'm trying to flip it around and see. It's it back not in. about skills. Exactly. I was horrible at it. And after the show was over, they're like, "You could." You know, we have this little post-show meeting. Like, Darren, no, no, no one's ever done that before. Yes, Darren. right. I should have been hiding. I should have not even shown up. Yeah. I was so excited because they were my fingers that were I on know, there. I just was so excited. It was like it was the <laughs> highlight of my TV career. <laughs> as horrible classic. it was, so you don't yeah. have to be good. But see, Everybody's done that. Everybody's made the stupid mistake that you're like, but that's where the passion probably pushes you through it because you're like, that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter care. that I just said that on the air. Yes. I did that. And <laughs> one of my first television appearances, I said something on the air that you just don't say. But I just mispronounced some words and I'm like, and then after I just slammed my head down on the table, I'm like, idiot, why did I do that? I was so embarrassed. Passion. We're talking with Darren Adams, author, speaker, award-winning broadcaster, even though he did ruin a BYU broadcast many moons ago. We're going to come back, and he's going to give us some examples of how we get passion into our lives. Um, And I think you can already tell he's got some passion. Darren Adams, we'll be back with us. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143.
Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend. We're joined today by Darren Adams, author, speaker, award-winning broadcaster. He's the author of the book, Lights, Camera, Passion. It's a great book. Uh, I think I like it because there's a story of me in it, Darren. There is a story of you. One of my favorite stories. Is there? Is it really? Because uh, I don't... I don't remember how you got the story exactly, because I just remember you used to, I'd go and I, I'd be interviewed by Darren. Darren's done it all, by the way. He's met and, and worked and, and interviewed Martha Stewart, Pat Sajak. He's been a sports anchor, a weather anchor, a morning feature reporter. He's eaten crickets. The man's had liposuction performed on him while talking on camera. He lives in Utah with his wonderful wife and four children, uh, and you can find him, <laughs> not, not four perfect children. His four children and his incredibly wonderful, incredible wife. You can find him at DarrenSpeaks.com. But Darren, you so somehow you got my story in a very subtle way because we would just sit and talk. I'd go on your show. We'd do a little ditty, a little segment, and then we'd always talk after. And somehow out of that, you got some. You got me talking. You must have slipped me something to relax me. What was it? I'm not. I'm not divulging any secrets. Actually, you there. probably didn't have to. You just got me talking. <laughs> I think. I think the story that I have in the book about you is one of the most important. It, it helps underline what uh, one of the most underlying principles. Whatever I'm yeah. trying to say yeah. here, you know, it's, I can write it in the book. It's I can't one of speak the essential principles yeah, of that, passion. That thing, and that is that sometimes we just have to give ourselves permission to pursue our passion. Oh, yeah. that, that we, you know, we say, "Oh, I'll do it later. I'll do it in 10 years. I'll do it when the kids move out. I'll 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 do it when I have time yeah. or whatever, but I don't." So, here's this little story of a little Maddie Townsend. In <laughs> high school, maybe not the greatest student. Horrible. Um and grades not enough no. to get you into th- this is to coming as no surprise to no. Sky here, by no. the way, you know. Um yeah. Well, I didn't have parents that just paid for everything. <laughs> Sorry, Sky. Wow. Sorry about that. You don't even know, Matt. <laughs> um, anyway, keep going. Anyway, so, so, uh, yeah, so little Maddie Townsend doesn't yeah. get into the college no. once it goes to another place. And, Have to and, go to a, like a college you don't want to go to. Yeah. But now, but now everyone goes it's to because it's a cool now. college. Right. But, and you're, you're signed up for these classes you don't even really know. Yeah. And one of the classes, Boom. one of the classes is a public speaking class. Great class. And yet you discover, hey, I sort of like this. I, I sort of I like this. I gave this. a talk on the Titanic. Mm. And I'm like, this is great. And and the response you got from other people yeah. was like over. They said we yeah. love you. You're fantastic uh-huh. at that. Yeah. But still, in the back of your head, yeah. you're thinking, I don't yeah, know. I can't do really do that? this. Yeah. I mean, this is not a lot of people want to know about the Titanic. Yes. Sort of like dancing. You can't make a living <laughs> off exactly. dancing. You can't make a living giving talks on the Titanic right. for the That's rest right. of your life. So so little Maddie sticks it in the back of his head, saying, "I'm I'm not going to do it." Then college goes on. You're trying it. You got it. And and. I got accepted to a better university. Yes, yes. I cleaned but, up my act. <laughs> this, I, gotta, I gotta say, this is probably weird. Not many people tell a story about you on your own I show. No, I, this, this has is never so... happened. I'm fascinated <laughs> to hear the ending. <laughs> I don't really remember how it ends, but we'll hopefully we'll figure that by the time we get there. So, so you get to college, and at this time you're married. You're trying to decide: do I do I pursue this thing that I that I sort of like? I like the speaking. Yeah. Thing. I like interacting with people, and I like improving people's lives, or do I do something more reliable? Do I am I a doctor or a lawyer or more yeah. something more respectable? And mm-hmm. people are sort of pushing you toward that yeah, direction. You got to do that because that's where the money is. Yeah. So your your wife then yeah. has a little chat with you. Never forget it. Yeah. You want you want to tell me about that? She says, "Hey, you stud." <laughs> no, I remember it was in my little house in my uh, little kitchen, stressed out of my head because I was I was taking communications classes and as part of it I was going to go into journalism. Because they're just there's not a career just for speaking. So but I'm like, I don't know. And she just looked at me and she says, Look, 
you're an awesome communicator. You need to go into communications. By the way, and communications back then, even as it is today, is kind of like a dead end job. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a job where, no offense to as all we the team all discover here, sooner or later. Yeah, but it's just, it's like, it doesn't guarantee you a job. So then it's yeah. more dependent on how hard you work and what you want to do. And But I went and did it and got the degree. And then that led me to another job, which led me to another job, which led me to Franklin Covey, which got me. And then I dared so, to get oh, a speaking so, so, Yeah. So let me get to the Franklin Covey yeah. thing. So, so in the meantime, all your classmates say, yeah, Matt, you can do this. Yeah. And, and still in the back of your yeah. mind. And, then and it was but, natural. And, and it, I had, I had natural yes. skills in it, but it wasn't, you know, it's not, you're not going to make money. And your wife then tells you, yeah, yeah you, you can, can do this. this. You've got to do this. That do was this. a huge moment. So, so then you're at Franklin Covey. And you're, you're, not, you're not a speaker, no, public trainer like that. I was a telemarketer, basically. And then I became a researcher for the company. So then, so then they say, this guy says, Matt, I love you. I think you are the greatest. You are this great communicator, this great trainer. Yeah. You need to try out to be one of the yeah. trainers. I was volunteering for the new higher orientation. For free, I was doing what I love to do, teaching classes for all the new employees at Franklin Covey. That's where the new guy came in who was a recruiter, and he saw me in my passion, and he said, you'd be really good at this. This is it. This is your light, you light up the when you do this. The recruiter. Yeah. It was perfect. So the recruiter, but the recruiter doesn't have, we're going yeah. to hire eventually. So yeah. finally it comes, you said, we got an opening. You've got to try out for this. Make a video. Yes. Uh-huh. So, yeah. so I had to send a video in. But here you are. You were yeah. like 10, I was a punk. I was 10 20 years younger than yeah. everybody else was even yeah. a punk. I was like Skyboy. Yeah. And what does Skyboy amount to? Oh, I mean, you pff. know, could you imagine him trying to do that no, now? No, he's a punk. Yeah. He's so, a punk. I just live off my parents. They'll love to hear that. So they whittle it down to the top 10. Yeah. And little Maddie Townsend. I made it. One of the top 10. Yeah. And then they have to, they have to do a little presentation. Uh, After yours, they're talking even longer than yeah. normal. Clearly, they're saying, yeah. look, this guy's, this guy's 26 years old yeah. or something. Yeah. We can't have him out representing us He's in, too these, young. in these big companies. Yeah. So they, they're, they're trying to flesh it out, trying to figure out what can they possibly do. They finally bring the people in. One by one, they call them in. Of these 10, one by, they call them into uh, the room. They say, sorry, you didn't make it. And yeah. they walk out into oh. the door. So Matt's sitting there in the room oh. as, as he sees these people disappearing and never coming back. one of the last back. ones they brought in. Yeah. And so they finally come out. They're like three of them. They're like, well, it was a tough decision. Mm. But you three made it. All three of you. And there it was. It's like you you have to give yourself permission to pursue your dreams and do what it is. That was, was, you know what? Oh, by the way. And there was that. I think I told you. I think it's, I know it's in there. That night I was terrified. The night before. Yeah. Terrified. Because... I'm, I was wearing a suit that the total yeah. <laughs> value of the suit and the tie and the shirt was, I don't know, 100 bucks. Yeah. And from those buy one, get and everyone else was like wearing like $2,000 suits and $300 ties. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm a loser. And I'm sitting there and I read the scriptures and I read a scripture. Do you have the scripture? I do, as a matter of fact, fourth chapter of First Timothy. And it says, let no man despise thy youth. Mm. But he be thou, but be thou an example. Neglect not the gift that is in thee. That was it, dude. And then I'm like, bring it on. Yeah, bring it on. And I think I heard a lightning strike. (laughs) (laughs) You know when they were translating, just like that. Wow. And then I'm like, let's do this. When they translated, instead of gift, they could have said passion. Neglect not the passion that is in thee. That's it. That's it. And everyone's got something and somewhere. And then think about it and. That was just me, and I loved it. And it, but 
everyone's got that little passion. And when we all fire up the passion, what would this world become if we all were in passion? Can you imagine? Man, Can you imagine the power, huge. the success, the strength, mm-hmm. the joy that yeah. would be in this world Just if everybody the relief because you're doing what you love doing. Yeah. Versus a bunch of people that are struggling living now. So think of that person, the person that has to go make the donuts, five in the morning, make the donuts, go make the donuts. If somebody's in something they don't like to be in, they don't like their job, they're not passionate. What would you say to them? They've got to find passion somewhere. So if, if, there is, if there is no way to find passion in that nine to five job, then find passion somewhere else. Afternoons. Exactly. When you get home. Yeah. But even then, I think that sometimes, you know, when you had that first day you're going to job to that job making the donuts? Yeah, yeah. And there's sort of some excitement yeah, there. Exciting. So clearly there was it's something in oil. there. Yeah, you're getting to play with stuff. You see people smile on their yeah. face when they're biting into that uh-huh. jelly-filled donut or the custard on their cheek yeah. or something. So if you can somehow remember and relive the passion that you once had for that, then that's great. And, you and can it might back. be the principle. Like it might be just the idea of, of creating something. It yes. might be the idea of customer service and being with people. It might be being on a team. So passion is going to be somewhere there. Because so, it was there when you started. That's well, why you looked forward to that job. Why did you choose that job? Yeah. Right. That's yeah. cool. And if there was absolutely, absolutely nothing in that job that you can be passionate about, then one, either leave the job and find yeah. something you can do, something that you're passionate about, or find passion somewhere else so that you can have yep. some something alive in your life. So yeah. you're not just in that drudgery of every day, whatever it is that you might be doing. Was it Mother Teresa had a line that says, to keep the lamp burning, you have to keep putting oil in it. So passion is maybe the oil to keep our lamp burning. Yeah. Mmm. That's a deep thought. Stoke it up. Put a little extra oil in there. And it doesn't have to be a bonfire. No, no. And, but just, have, yeah. and you don't even have to leave it on all day. Right. You can turn it on, turn it off, turn it on. Like I started writing a new book and I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. In fact, I was supposed to get something ready for your show <laughs> and they're calling me like, where is it? And I'm like, I'm writing something. Yeah. I got something else I'm doing. But it's so bad because then all of a sudden your passion, I guess your passion could... <laughs> you know, ruin other things in your life. Because if you if you get too yes, overwhelmed, obsessed with it, and if yeah. you let, you still you let it do overtake things, things, right? You got to do the stuff that got to get done. Yeah. But you got to have that passion, so that if someone asks you, it's the test. If someone came up and said, "What are you passionate about?" Would you be able to give them an answer in five I seconds? Would now, yeah. See, yeah. Now you, you've thought yeah. about it. You Mine's know stuff. Money. Is it okay? Money and burritos. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not burritos. But it, you know, I really would because I am pretty clear. I also know it's interesting. You know what you're good at. And you know what you're – I'm starting to know where I'm most leveraged at giving back to the world. But the thing is I've found sometimes it's hard to say no because there's this expectation from everyone else that you should you know, do something else like we were talking about earlier. Like you got to make money. Yeah. You got kids now. You got to make money. But if I had believed that you could only make money being a lawyer – I'd probably be a very poor lawyer. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd be a, I'd be a horrible doctor. I'd have killer bedside manner. But they'd die in surgery. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it takes a new aspect of killer after that. It, yeah. That's exactly. So it's really it's passion's the energy, but it's also the energy to do good. It's not just a, it's not probably just enough to just go be selfishly passionate, is it? If if it leads you to be a better person, mm-hmm. then that's not selfish. Because if you are passionate about something, even if you're passionate about gardening, and and maybe no one else really appreciates your garden, yeah. but you are more alive and you're a nicer person, yeah, you're a re- kinder person, you. yes, yeah. then you're that's more cool. renewed and you are a better person then because of that. It's putting oil into you. It's, yes. re- it's refreshing you. It's regenerating. Darren, that's cool.
What uh, so what are the principles? What other parts of passion should we be focusing on? I, I think that people need to understand uh, that passion is power. So sometimes I've asked my wife to think of, think of a president. Think of a president of the United States who was passionate. Does any president come to your mind as being a passionate president? Does anybody um, – people are thinking right now – Oh, I've got one. Well, oh. just from my lifetime, Bill Clinton. Yeah, that's not the kind of passion we were talking about. <laughs> no, but he's like he super passionate. passionate. He was. Just other passions too. Uh, um, uh, Roosevelt, Teddy. Teddy and Franklin probably too. Yeah, Franklin Delano. He was I, pretty – but when I when I asked my wife this, she rattled off a few Reagan, presidents. come on, Reagan, of course, one yeah. of the most passionate. Kennedy, everybody, and then I asked her to name presidents who weren't passionate, and every president who was passionate was a two-term president. Really, and the presidents who were not yeah, passionate, Herbert Walker, what? Yeah, he seemed more passionate after. Yes. And, Bush, yeah, Herbert Walker Bush. Th- there's something about that. When you are passionate about something, people can feel that, and yeah. they want to be a part of that. And if you want to have some it's of contagious. that, contagious. That, power, That's for power. lack of a yeah. better term, then people will jump on board. When I um, I used to have to do these little little shows called road shows, little little 20 yeah. minute little mini musical type things. And <laughs> where did you have to do that? Prison? I- <laughs> where was that going down there? I feel like was it a church? It was ro- a church road show. Road shows are my passion. <laughs> are and they I, really? They are. Are they really? Because they don't know. do them anymore. So road shows. No, no, no. Out. You say they don't do them. I just did one a couple years ago. Well, no, in prison. No. But- <laughs> So roadshows are in the LDS church. They have little groups of wards, and they call them like a stake, and there's eight or ten church – to eight or ten yeah. church units. So each congregation puts on a little mini yeah. show. But a congregation could have maybe 300 people, but maybe 50 would be in their show, and yes. it would be a big show. Yeah. And then every all these organizations, all the wards or churches get together, and they have a big road show where the road shows go against each other. And they compete. It's pretty cool. It's competition. Hold on. You love this. I love these. Hold on. Do you love like putting them on and, and uh, writing them and acting them, or do you just like what do you what do you love about everything? It? I want to be in charge of it. I want to be in charge. I want to write it. I want to write the music. I want to coordinate it. I want to. Are you I want, kidding? I want to pull it off. And every road show, I'm telling you, you have not seen me passionate until you road see me in road show, show. mode. At, at, the but kids they're, don't, they're the, way cool. The kids don't eat for three weeks if I'm doing a road show. Okay. When was the last time you did one? Like a couple years ago. Up by your house, up yes, in your neighborhood. Yes. Not at prison. No, it wasn't in prison. And um, but every time the key is to have some explosion. I've discovered there has to be some kind of big special effect. So sometimes I've had a, <laughs> a hot air balloon that lifts off the stage, floats off, and explodes. Or like there's a working fountain with water spouting out of it, and it explodes. So are you a pyromaniac? No, I'm not. But I don't. And I don't know how to do it. But I'll go to somebody and I'll say, "Here's what I need. Yeah. I need a I need a hot air balloon to lift off the stage, and it needs to explode." And these people are like, "Well, how are you going to do that?" I said, "I don't know, but I need you to do that. You and need I, to figure I, that I, out. I need you to figure." That out for me, and these people—they don't know. That's what you love about it, because you can go get everyone in their own area. And and do you know? And people come to my wife afterwards, and they'll say, "Oh, I don't know why I told your husband yes. I just—I don't know how to do this. I don't know. I don't know." He's killing me. Yeah, exactly. She's well. Why did you tell him yes? And they're like, "There's just something about him that I can't say no to." Hey, let me tell you what—you need to sell insurance. (laughs) You'd make so much money because if if you are passionate, people won't say no to you. That's the power of it. Yes, because well, it's almost like man. Yeah. He's thought this through. Yeah. He's got energy to spare. He's, he's excited about well, this. I want to get on board. I want to be in a road show now. It, it, it move into my area. I'll, uh, I'll have you do something. I thought okay? they banned road shows. <laughs> From the explosions. Because it really is. I, I, I love this idea. I have not thought of this as um, – but passion is contagious. And it's all of a sudden – this is what is one of the, the allures of leadership is if you bring passion in. Yes. You can you can bring the energy. 
And, and and that that goes with so many people. If you are if you're passionate and you lead the way, and if you're truly a good leader, you two things: you're going to be passionate, yeah. and you're going to know what your followers, employers, kids, whoever they might be, you're going to know what they're passionate. Oh, you're going to read their passion. Yes, so oh, that yeah. you can you can tap into that. Yeah. My my daughter hated practicing the piano. But she was, but she was passionate about. She wanted her ears pierced, and that was all she could think about. She would just, she would look at magazines all day long and about <laughs> these pierced earrings and yeah. stuff. And she, and I said, when you pass off book number four, yeah, then we'll go get your ears pierced, and we'll get whatever earrings you want. I'm Lit telling you, up. she practiced that's more huge. in a week than yeah. she had in three years combined. No, but look at that. So that's kind of the that's the role of a leader. That's the role of a parent. If you want influence with somebody, get into their passion, yeah, and then plug into it. See, that's what we're doing wrong with Skyboy. <laughs> we haven't gotten into his passion yet. See, so, if, if we had like a minute every day on the show about the Iowa Hawkeyes, oh, then he would light actually, up. Actually, it's the San Antonio uh, Spurs oh. that he loves. Okay. I don't know if you heard, but they lost in the championship this year. Oh, really? It was devastating. Dude, Matt, Sorry. way too soon. Does that affect? <laughs> Is that hurting you? Let's change the subject. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so Darren, we got about one minute. Tell me this. What if you had to like and again, everybody, go buy Darren's book. Darrenspeaks.com is the website. D-A-R-I-N speaks.com. The book's called Lights, Camera, Passion. Uh, what's the one thing? The one thing, if you could tell everybody one thing about passion that seems to make the biggest difference. It sounds so trite, but do it. Discover what your passion is. And then, like Matt, give yourself permission to do something there. If you want to call my wife, call her. (laughs) So find the passion and give yourself permission to just – Get in it and do yeah. it. Yeah. In, in the book, there's there's like this whole passion pyramid. So if you don't know what your passion is, that might help help you. Like yeah. you write down eight things that you're passionate about and you whittle it down yeah, and you I discover that. what that is. Um, and then realize that you're not you're not taking away from yourself or anybody around you by engaging in your passion. You're making yourself a better person mm. yeah. by engaging in your passion. Passion is infinite and it's going to keep growing. And it, I mean – it's going to keep replicating. It's not. It doesn't have an end if you can if you can get into the right vein. Yeah, you don't say I'm finished with it now. Yeah, I'm did, done I, with my. Passion. I did my passion. Yeah, yeah, I did that once. It's yeah. no. That's what keeps you going. That's the energy. That's the life. That's what makes you feel alive. That's the spark in your life that makes you a better person. Yeah. and makes other people love being around you even more. Darren Adams, we call him D Diddy, on the show. Good job, Darren. You go check out the book Lights, Camera, Passion. Go to DarrenSpeaks.com. We're going to come back and keep talking a little bit more about uh, passion. I don't know that we'll ever be able to do it with so much passion as Darren Adams. Yeehaw! There it is, the yeehaw. (laughs) Thanks again, Darren. We're going to take a break. Uh, Stick with us. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Passion. We're talking passion. And you know what? Darren's such a good guy. They're, they're really, there's only one place you can have more passion than wrapped up in Darren Adams, and that is on the sports field. Wouldn't you say, Sky? I was going to say in a burrito, wrapped up like beans mm. and cheese and rice, wrapped up in a, in a tortilla. Yeah. I'll take a burrito over sports any day. No, I don't. Sky, have you ever been so in love with a team? That you removed your shirt and painted your body. I don't think so. Maybe when I was a kid. 
I bet you did. I probably did, but it probably wasn't out of passion. It was probably just for fun. Well, you were probably just <laughs> playing, yeah. Because our own uh, Colonel Rob Sanders has put together, I guess, um, passion gone awry in sports. Well, particularly uh, when your team is losing yeah, and you're not bad. happy about it. Do you remember when Sky's team lost the national championship in basketball? He broke the bulletproof window. Yeah, do you remember that? He was so messed up. <laughs> I mean, that's something because that, that stops a bullet. Do you remember when he was in the fetal position for three days? <laughs> I know. When the Jazz Thanks, Spurs. Jazz beat the Spurs. Sound. All right, guys. Yeah, that come was on. a good time. See, he's a great example that, you know, it's one thing to love a team. It's another thing to, you know, tattoo your body all up because no. of it. Not that you've done that, but that would be passion gone awry. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I agree. Okay, so. So in the NBA vernacular, the yeah. phrase malice at the palace. Yeah. Detroit. Does, yeah. That was the beatdown. Oh, yeah. That Indiana was, and Detroit. Was it Indiana? Yeah. In, yeah, Indiana at Detroit. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, okay. Auburn, but it was in Detroit. Auburn Hills. Oh, that was crazy. Do you remember that? What was his yeah. name? Um, uh, Ron Artest. Artest. Yeah. Now yeah. met a world peace. Oh, is that what his name That's is? His name oh, now. really? Yeah. Which I hadn't <laughs> Ironically. heard that. that, that made <laughs> well, if you change your name, it makes everything better. So there's 45 seconds left in the game. They're down by a dozen points. I mean, yeah. this is not something they can come back for. A foul went bad. Um, All fouls are bad. Uh, ben Wallace and Ron Artest started shoving each other, yeah. right? So I think was we call it, it tussling. Artest decided to the best way out of the fight was to lay down on the announcer's table, which yeah, I never he, seen he, a player he seemed, do that Well, before. like he he kind of if you watch the video, there's like a bunch of people fighting, and he kind of gets out of it and he lays down on the announcer table to kind of cool off. Yeah, and then someone throws a bottle at him. Yeah, a fan. A Chuck, fan throws Chuck a bottle. By the way, a passionate fan. Passionate fan of the other team. So then he tears up into the stands. Yeah, you don't ever. And then a attacks fan. the wrong. The fan. wrong guy. Yeah, <laughs> and don't ever attack the wrong fan. Anyway, it just it all melted down where pretty much everybody was involved by the end. See, and, is this uh, passion again? I guess. I guess <laughs> it's I a chemical reaction. <laughs> it's well, it just shows yeah. that passion. When gone awry, yeah. just becomes cra- insanity. Well, you see that like in these soccer stadiums when the everyone starts a brawl, and you know. And I have in my hands here the worst sports riots of all time. Holy cow! Is this a common thing? So it's of all time. How long have we had sports when, riots? When is the worst sports riot? Uh, when did it happen? Well, it's and, probably and, and name the sport. I would say Boston. When they won the World Series, long before Boston, that was like it. Long yeah. before the they took uh, that to the Plymouth uh, Mayflower. Then it would have to be the oh, long before the Mayflower. Long before that, uh, what sport was there before the Mayflower? Chariot racing. Really, there were riots. There was always oh, bad. So they had the Nika riots in AD five thirty two. Yeah, the Nika riots were really bad. Uh, chari- oh, five eighty two. Yeah. Wow. Outside of Constantinople, uh, they had a chariot race going on. The race turned into a riot. The riot turned into a war. Half of the city was burned and 30,000 people died. Wow. <laughs> that beats any hockey riot. You think NASCAR is bad. <laughs> that hey, is bad. That's actually kind of scary because if there was any sport that gets that much passion out of people, NASCAR. four wheels. So I don't know. A chariot would be two wheels and a horse. Well, the four hoofs and, a wheel, and two wheels. Ra- you know, racing. Yeah. That means if there's ever another riot – that would destroy half a city, it would be NASCAR. It would be Indy. Or no, Daytona. I don't think it would be Indy. It would be Daytona. I, th- I think it would be Daytona. NASCAR. Back to, uh, back to uh, 
you know, I was going to say back to Indiana. Formula One. That's where <laughs> all the fights tend to be. But we have all kinds of great riots. 1909, the Scottish Cup final. They tore down the goalpost, 100 huh. people injured. Uh, one in Montreal in 55. The 1965 Lima football riot where 300 people died after Peru lost to Argentina. Whoa. Or, uh, losing to Argentina. Uh, 1981, 1984, 1985, 1986. Boy, that was a bad few years. What was that? <laughs> yeah. Montreal, Montreal. Yeah, hockey fans. The Workers' Stadium in China. The Aggieville riots. See, but what's interesting – okay, so when was the last bad riot? The most recent, most recent? bad riot would have been uh, – oh, the Port Said uh, riot to the stadium in, soccer stadium in Egypt, uh, February of 2012. Wow, yeah. Uh, 79 people were killed oh, after goodness. the riot uh, broke out with knives, swords, clubs, stones, bottles, and fireworks. Fireworks. And about 1,000 people were injured. That was insane. That the, if you go look at the YouTube See, video on that one, that's kind of passion gone awry. See, so Sky, you're normal. Thanks. You just curl I up in a ball. I think that's the first time you've ever said that. Well, what I mean is, a lot of people riot, but you just curl up in a ball and cry. Yeah, I don't know. If I, I don't loses. know if I've done that. Oh please! <laughs> of course you have. If you curl up in a ball and hide your face, then if the people come to kick you, you're fine. Oh, if you man. can't see them, they can't see you, right? Yeah. That's what my child tells me. Um, well, we're going to take a break. Come on back. We're going to be visiting with Julie Nelson in studio. Parenting expert's going to teach us about parenting with a passion. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are talking passion and how to figure out your own passion. Today, in uh, this last few minutes that we have left on the show, we wanted to bring on one of our favorite guests. Julie Nelson's joining us. She is an educator. That's right. I teach at UVU. You teach at UVU. You teach, though, human development mm-hmm. kind of skills, parenting right. skills, right. Marriage. life skills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we thought, let's talk to the queen. Oh. Of all skilldom. All right. Is that a word? I, I think it, it should be. It should be. Okay, Julie, for reals. So Darren talked earlier about passion. We need to have passion. And it seems like as a parent, bringing parenting and passion together mm-hmm. is, is it's almost it's essential because your kids, if they don't have a clue what they're passionate about, mm-hmm. who is supposed to bring that if the parents aren't helping? That's right. And the parents are what sets the tone in the home, right? right? And the parents were people first before they were parents, right? (laughs) And hopefully we still are people. We still nurture that side of ourselves. So we're still pursuing our passions. You know, the things we love to do before we had kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was there a a time? Well, I I, I, there's video. I've seen video. I've seen videos of myself, and I know I was a delightful person back then. Um, Yeah, I never yelled back then either. So I just know. Now I'm too old to yell. (laughs) Hey! (laughs) It's sad. So, yeah, we are people. We have passions. We have. We are pursuing things in life that make us happy. As and so, what we can do is share those rituals, those hobbies, those activities as a family, and pass those. That we create a culture, a yeah. family culture. You know, we can be a golfing family. We can be a skiing family. We can be a Yahtzee family. Yeah. You know, whatever it Don't is. Don't you think we do? It's almost sometimes your passions are what you've learned. Mm-hmm. 
So we kind of think we just got to go pull a passion out of the hat. Yeah. It could just be if you grew up playing Yahtzee. Yeah. You're a Yahtzee fan. Yeah, and every Friday night's Yahtzee night, and you mm. bring out the popcorn, and that is like kids can count on that, and they love it, and they yeah. grow up being, you know, see, that's that's something that they can hang on to. What if anchors. the passion mm-hmm. is vegging? Because <laughs> I'm afraid I was really tired yesterday, so I came home at seven. I got home at seven and just wanted to veg. Yeah, I and that's uh, that's great because just you know just sit and just talk. Yeah. Those those times where you just don't schedule things are awesome with your kids but too. I looked around. And I'm like, hey guys, and I didn't see any kids. Like no kids said, good times, dad. Good times, just imagine. <laughs> said but that. you need downtime too. You do totally. Absolutely. But if that's all they're getting, no, you need to you need to build in things because there's so the studies have shown so many positive outcomes for kids that grow up learning these new skills. And yeah. who's going to teach them? Their parents. Yeah. Their parents are going to introduce them to things like you know soccer or boating yeah. or a game playing board games i mean learning how to lose yeah, well is huge. that a skill for no, life exactly. oh absolutely i teach my kids how to lose with you know being good sports sky mastered that one yeah yeah you, um, didn't, you didn't throw the game up and you toss all the yeah he's talking about something i don't want to talk about so let's keep going <laughs> <laughs> um, I have one so expert. Rude. His name's Dr. Alvin Rosenfield. I looked him up. He said, nothing will bring you together faster than sharing a passion. Your children will feel that they know you more intimately, that they will have something that the two of you can share for the rest of your lives. Mm. Isn't that amazing? I mean, my sister, I remember telling me that she went to this one time and she loves golf and she went and got this golfing pass. She got a better deal if she bought the whole, you know, like yeah. seven punches or yeah. whatever it was, 15 punches. And every time her son, every weekend he got his homework done, Friday, they hit the they hit the greens. How great! And she is shared that? that with him, and that became a lifelong yeah. pursuit. And now he's a grown adult, and they go golfing just for the fun of it. And the memories but she shared attached that. to it. Yeah, too. she shared that. Hey, if I'm going to do something fun, let's do something I like too. Mm-hmm. And then guess what? He got to see her in a relaxed environment, things that she loved. Yeah. They both, you know, it's just a place where the parent then can open up and share that, that person, that side of them that they don't see at home. Because at home, you're the dictator, oh, right? Yeah. And out in the greens, you, you're a different. You're, you're a fr- just the yeah, cool person. The cool person. Plus, it seems like um, all. All of a sudden, you found a way to get the heart of your child, mm-hmm. and they don't even know you're actually there to influence them. Right. So now you've got them on the greens, and they're hitting and they're yeah. putting, and all of a sudden, you have time. And yeah. with, like golfing is a great sport because yeah. of the time. Yeah. Hunting. I mean, a lot of guys will start hunting right now. Yeah. And talk about taking your dad out and going hunting, and mm-hmm. three generations of hunting for all mm-hmm. the hunters out there are mm-hmm. fishing. I mean, that's yeah. that's pretty they're cool captive, memories. They're a captive audience. And then you, you got them. You got them, right? Just play with their mind. <laughs> Does that sound bad, Julie? <laughs> Absolutely, you're fired. That sounds horrible. <laughs> no, I love it. He said also, any ritual or interest that you can share as a family establishes a sense of identity for that child. I belong to this family. Yeah. We are fishermen, or we are, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. We we like. I have some neighbors. They do community theater. Yeah, we 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 act, we sing, we dance. This is who we are. Yeah. It brings in that self esteem that's so essential, Isn't and that's that... what you foster in your home. It's and it, it start with the parents. The parents oh, yeah. love both love acting. So. Well, you I guess so. You can be a member of a group like we're boaters, we're hikers, mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or your kid can be a gang member. <laughs> that's right. You choose. I mean, really, part of it is they want, we to, belong. want to belong. They want to belong. Yeah, mm-hmm. and as a parent, so I, I mean, I could see a parent out there driving home like, oh, great. 
now I've got to <laughs> now I've got to do something else. Yeah. But it's like it's already probably something you do. I, that's why I say I say to parents start with what you know, start with what you already did, kind of resurrect from your past life. Yeah. Because sometimes we forget. Once we become yeah. parents, we just forget we were people, yeah. interesting people. What did you like to do? Yeah. And then resurrect that and start doing it with your kids. It's so or follow cool. their lead. You know, you can always dovetail on their passions. Yeah. Maybe they're doing new, something that you, you never do. Knew. Yeah. Like like I kind of dabbled in tennis. Yeah. In, in that's a great. Sport. And then my kids all started doing. It. And now we all go play, yep. you know, because they, that was their passion. They're all, you know, playing for the, for the high school team. Do you know what makes yeah. tennis fun is you grunt. Yeah. yeah. So when you hit a serve, you grunt. Mm-hmm. Huh. And yeah. <laughs> Whoa. So you'll always know when you're playing by the Townsends because everyone's grunting. They think that's tennis. I told them, I gave them a tip. I said, if you grunt harder, you hit harder. That's, and it's true. I yeah. proved it with one of my daughters. I yeah. had her grunt and she actually hit better. Hey, oh, it's, it's a given. <laughs> I've talked to a psychologist about it. Yes, it's a scientific It's the fact. psychology of the grunt. Isn't that crazy? Let me show you this, Matt. I love this because it not only the passion connects the family, but we talked about what that doctor said about a sense of identity. There's so many great outcomes. It enhances our self-esteem what we just talked about because they feel more competent in some area. And if a child feels competent in at least one area, then they don't feel like they're losers even though they may not be great in everything else. At least I know I'm good at art or, you know, we're good at music. Yeah, you have kind of, and I think of like a teenager that needs that. They need to know they're good at least. They need to be on a team. mm -hmm. They want to be on, they want some identity. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And they, it gives more social opportunities because once you introduce them to a passion in your life, then your circle enlarges and mm-hmm. they get to see other kids doing it and playing and other families. And yeah. you just get, you know, more people. You're more social. You get leadership skills because then that child can turn around and teach that yeah. to somebody else. Then it activates their imagination. There's no more mom, I'm bored. Yeah. You know, creativity. Yeah. That they, that, you know, building a model airplane together, you know, greater educational value. They learn stuff. Totally. Discipline. Discipline and important life skills like hard work, patience. You know, I got to learn this skill and learning like we talked about the board games with Yahtzee. I got to be a good loser as well as a great. Oh, gracious, see, gra- that's we, we overestimate. No, we underestimate the value of sports for kids. Mm-hmm. Like they'll never go pro. Let's just all be real. Yeah. <laughs> Right. They're never going to go That's pro. Right. I mean, Sky almost did, but they'll never go pro. But they'll learn all those things you're talking about. They'll learn how to be on a team. Mm-hmm. They'll learn how to take feedback from somebody. I mean, how many times have you gotten in the car with your son after a sports yeah. team event, and you have to like console him from what the coach said? Like, yeah, yeah well, you know, mm-hmm. he didn't mean to hurt your feelings, but you do need to stay in your area of your position. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to nitpick. But, yeah. You can yeah. buffer. You can buffer against those things and help them to yeah. Re- yeah, recapture their esteem. So parents, though, the other thing it seems like that we should really be looking for is what's the natural kind of percolating passion? Sometimes there are things that aren't even in us, you know what I mean, per se, mm-hmm. but we can see it percolating mm-hmm. in them. Yeah. How do we? How do we kind of, yeah. I guess, blow on that ember to yeah. get it burning? Yeah. I like to see where they gravitate towards. And I'm not afraid to say, gosh, okay, we're going to pay for this season. I mean, how many different sports did I go through with my daughter? First it was soccer. Then it was, you know, you you don't say you you chose this, you stick with it. If they want to change, let them change. Because you got to percolate in lots of areas before you land on what Mm -hmm. you really are passionate about. Don't you think we kind of then, we just say, well, your brother played golf and Mm -hmm. tennis. And And, so we kind of put them right in that little niche. Mm -hmm. 
And let, then, him, let him choose. Yeah, he's not fit for that one. Right, right. Yeah. And and if they want to change, you know, want to take guitar one year and then they just didn't like it, let them change to something right. else. You know, and I, I raised my kids playing the piano, but if they really had a passion for another instrument, let them do that other what instrument. What if they don't have a passion for an instrument <laughs> or any kind of musical <laughs> aptitude? But they like sports. Mm-hmm. I mean, should we try to balance their passions or do they just kind of – do we just let them naturally go where they go? Because it's kind of like we kind of want a well-rounded yeah, child. Yeah. So we always try to – Yeah. See, my, my brother, he played co- collegiate basketball. <clears throat> He's also an organist. When he was growing really? up, he did not love organ or nor the piano. My mom just kind of said, you know, this is what we do as a family. Our yeah. family culture is piano. Didn't love it. But as an adult, man, he loves it. He took from a man who, you know, his – great master of the yeah. organ and, and now he's got both sides yeah. and boy the chicks dug it in high oh, in college sure. nobody loves a, a, a person more oh, no the ladies love no one more than an organist <laughs> That's what it's, I a to say. Turn on. it's funny because like when you're young I, a lot of people don't know this but i'm like a world uh, i'm not world class nuts no, i i was almost an accordion player <laughs> were you really i actually started playing it and i actually had a passion for it and then one day I was looking in the mirror while I was playing and I got this cold chill and I'm like, what the – I'm becoming an or- I'm becoming an accordionist. <laughs> I don't even know if that's the word. <laughs> but um, – and the polka just started rocking my world. And I thought, I got to back out. What? The dork factor was uh-huh. too high? I was too, it was like the dork factor was huge. But interestingly, <laughs> this is because we used to go – my mom played the accordion. Mm-hmm. And we would go up the street to the neighbor's house and one guy played the banjo and my mom played the accordion and one guy would play the guitar mm-hmm. and some dude was yodeling. Don't know who he was. <laughs> and we they would rock out. And I remember being eight or ten years old just sitting there thinking, this is so cool. And all the neighbors would gather and everyone would just be loving it. Yeah. And I, that's where I'm like, OK, accordion's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. I mean, you could it could be worse. Mm-hmm. Then it just psyched me out. So yeah. I never did it. So I have no... Yeah, well, the same thing happened to me when I was growing up. There was this girl always outside my house. She was on the street. She was uh, was she corner. just loitering? She, no, she was throwing a baton up. She was a batonist. Oh, really? Like you know, like yeah, the yeah, lead like of a the twirler lady. Yeah, twirler. She'd go out there and practice her twirls. Well, my mom just thought that was the, the coolest thing yeah, ever. She was the so bomb. she signed me up to become the batonist. Really? And I took a couple classes, and then we're going to be in a parade one day. Yeah, yeah. And they showed us the uniforms. No way. Dork factor yeah, high no. glitter. Sequence, yeah. I was like, uh, uh-uh, not yeah. wearing that. Even Plus, at a young age, I was like, mm, the baton. I gotta be cool. It's fun until you take one in the head. Yeah, and Spinning so it. I quit. Did now you? my mom was disappointed because yeah. of the whole uniform thing. Yeah. But you know what? We all got on, and I moved on you to moved something on. else. What did you yeah. move on to? Dance, actually, without the baton. We'll see. Okay, same thing. Less sequence <laughs> and not no hit, baton. No one's gonna hit me in the head. Yeah, with a sharp object. When you have to wear a helmet to do the baton. <laughs> It's bad. But it's okay, parents, if, you're, if your kid quits. <laughs> find something else. It's all right. That's so And don't sad. force them to live your dreams. I mean, I didn't become the batonist girl that was out yeah. in the street throwing her thing up every day. Well, but you know what? What happened to her? Yeah, I don't know. Is she a probably, pro-batonist? Probably a millionaire. No, I bet you she's tossing fire now. <laughs> she's a fire tosser at something in Hawaii. Probably in Las Vegas. <gasps> yeah. See? Yeah. You mm-hmm. could have been a millionaire. Yeah, I could have. But that's the thing is you can't always give someone else your passion. But instead I'm on the Matt Townsend show yeah. and that's my passion. Look where that got you. Yeah. <laughs> See? You gave it up, Julie. You gave the dream up. Um, so you here you are coaching, teaching kids, families, mm-hmm. all these skills. Um, do we 
like I've had somebody say to me, and I want you to answer this. I, you know what? I just don't have mm-hmm. like a talent that's ob- like an obvious mm-hmm. talent. Mm-hmm. I don't have one. Mm-hmm. What do you say to them? That's a really good question. There's so much in a society. Sky, listen, Sky. Yeah. You know, so much is appearances, right? You know, you go out and do the big things. You know, you buy a boat and you're yeah. going boating. There can be small family rituals that are just as meaningful. You know, one of the things we do in our family, whether the kids love it or not, is we're gardeners. Nobody notices Hold that. Hold on. Are you really? We're in the backyard. Nobody sees that. Why? But we're serious gardeners. Explain that to we me. We love it. What, now, tell me what you love because I've, oh, I've seen people like you. Yeah, I know. We're weird. Well, and I, I don't know if I told you this, but I have a garden now. Yeah? My dad planted it for me. And we've been getting tomatoes off of it, and it is the best summer the best of my life. Best thing ever. Oh man! I bottled like hundred jars Hold of tomatoes. It. You bottle them? Yeah, I bottle them too. I'm a gardener, not a bottler. <laughs> I can't do everything. I'm a lover, not a fighter. I wish my mother would bottle them. My dad could grow. No, we them eat and them too. Them. We eat mm. them too. But you know, that's not like I. Would, a lot of people would say, "Oh, you know, I don't have a passion." But then I start talking to them. Well, what do you do? Well, I don't know. I like to go plant flowers in my backyard. You know, I like to go. You know, I, I'm like, okay, well. That's it. The things oftentimes, and I talk with youth a lot. This, and they're like, oh, "I'm not talented." But what do you? What comes easy to you? What do you like to do? Well, I I like drawing pictures, but I'm not good at it. But yeah, it doesn't it, matter. It comes easy to you, yeah. and because it comes easy, you don't think of it as a talent. Right. Talent you have to work hard yeah. at. But yeah. it's oftentimes the things that just come easy and natural, and they're not things that people notice. Well, and that that seems like you can kind of have a natural gift mm-hmm. for drawing. Mm-hmm. But it seems like if you really want to turn it into like a strength, you need to go get skills. Yeah. So you can then – I mean maybe that's what makes it not fun anymore. Because now all of a sudden you're yeah, getting Yeah, and a lot of times you, you will take a hobby and then the child will – you know, you'll push them to take lessons and do yeah. this and excel. The child's like, I don't want to. I just want to enjoy this. Yeah. You know, I, I know a family where the dad, he has – his entire basement is a model train, you know, the whole yeah, – Yeah, oh, I've seen that. Yeah, 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 you've seen that before. Now, would he say, I'm passionate about this? Maybe not. He might just say, well, you know, I just like love tinkering with, play, with trains yeah. and stuff. He doesn't recognize that as a talent. But he's good at it, well, but and it, he loves it. That very gift of like being creative like that—that's mm-hmm. that might be the talent. Mm-hmm. How it manifests may not matter, mm-hmm. but like when you think of a god that's a creator, mm-hmm. it, it's probably important to be creative. Yeah, and uh, some people just naturally do it, and some don't. But some people are super disciplined, so discipline could be your gift. Yeah, you just might manifest it by being a really good golfer. Right. So, you know, don't look at the big wow factor in your life because you may be discounting what already is a quiet, uh, maybe even hidden thing that you love to do. You just kind of tinker at it and you don't give yourself enough credit for that being your passion. You know, it it just may be something simple and... And And notice, I guess, huh? mm -hmm. Notice where you feel energized because the thing about all of this is it should renew you. Yeah. If you're not renewed by your passion... Mm -hmm then you're probably turning it into a job or something else. You're complicating it in a way. Right, right. You want to keep it unfettered by all the accolades of the world. Mm-hmm. In many cases, you just want to just go out with your kid and have some fun, you know, and, and not go out there and yeah. get the first place prize and not get a trophy mm-hmm. and not oh, be yeah. seen by the world. Maybe it's that's okay. it too, huh? It's the okay. minute we – and we do this as, uh-huh. I mean, Americans, come on, mm-hmm. come on. Mm-hmm. But we turn everything into a competition. So it yeah. seems like the minute you take a hobby, yeah. all these people I've seen doing Ragnar races. Have you seen all the Ragnar races? And you get a team of eight friends or whatever and you go run this huge however many mile, 100-mile race. Mm-hmm. Well, all of these people love running. Mm-hmm. But the minute they turn it into a competition – 
it changes. It changes. It's like, but what they love being more than the race is being together. Yeah. So everyone wants to be in the car, not out the racing. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone's got to pay their dues. Right. So maybe be careful too. We're not turning the passion into a competition. Right. Especially, I do that with my kids a lot. Hey, first one to the and everyone runs and yeah. then they're all fighting because we just competed. And it doesn't always need to be that you're participating because I have some friends who they love to go attend sporting events. Yeah. Now, just attending and watching it yep. creates conversations and a ritual. Yeah. You know, and it could be a nightly walk. Yep. I, we just go walk around the block, you know, for half an hour at night. And people don't realize that's a hobby. That's yep. a ritual. That's something you do that you enjoy that's yeah. re- restorative. That's huge. And you can invite your kids to walk along with you at night. 30 minutes, great conversation. Check you out. Yeah. See, you're keeping us honest. We are going to take a break. We're with Julie Nelson, uh, educator, home uh, human development Mm -hmm. uh, expert, parenting expert from Utah Valley University. She's going to stick with us, though. you got to stick with us. All right. Can you? Because we're going to come back after the break, and we're going to play a game. Passionate or craziness? Ooh. That is the game. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Hoedown. <laughs> this music, it just... This is my passion. This is your this passion. This is my passion. Well, you nailed this one. Thanks. Listen, I've never heard the juice harp work that fast. You know that little twang? Yeah, yeah, twang? I, know, I, know the juice I don't harp. know if that's what that is. I don't think that's what it is. Is that a kazoo? I think that's it's some ma- kind of it's synthesizer. It's Matt on his accordion. Oh, man. Good point. <laughs> Dude, we should start a band with a juice harp and accordion. I love it! <laughs> Oh, I heard the little... (sighs) See, that just gets you going. Tell me, everybody out there in driver land that's listening, you know that just pumped you up. And you know you're going to go home tonight and you're going to go Google Hee Haw. And you're going to watch some of the old segments from Hee Haw. And do a little jig. You remember Hee Haw? Mm -hmm. See, all the cool people remember Hee Haw. Over the lifespan of this show, there will be one driver... Who's entering the freeway right as that music starts, and we'll get a ticket because as they're merging with the freeway, they'll be going about eighty-five. That's exactly right. In a pickup truck with a shotgun, because it's the heat. You think music. so? But it was actually a Mercedes. It was a Mercedes, a yeah. black Mercedes in L.A. Welcome back, folks. We have been talking about passion. We're going to wrap up the show with a fun game. We like to say we like to call passion or obsession. Passion or craziness. craziness. Okay. Or obsession. We almost we're right here. We just imagine we had music. We have a full comprehensive list of about six things. Six things think of in the comprehensive that list. That might begin to cross that line into craziness. Okay. Or is it? Yes. Okay. Number one. Julie, you got to get in on these. All right. On the big game day, full body paint with your team's colors and name. I hear Julie won't leave home without it. Total passion. Love it. <laughs> you, do the, you paint up game the Game on. You know what? It's funny unless you're like some big school like Massachusetts Institute of Technology and you've got to spell that out. Then it's like pure obsession. <laughs> 75 people Well, later. even if you do the acronym, just make sure you sit in the seats correctly because it's embarrassing <laughs> when ESPN takes the camera and they go, huh, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Tim? Um, okay. I think body paint. Hmm. That's a little... What do you think? That's obsession. Do you think? I think if you're taking your clothes off and putting paint on your body, you've crossed the line. (laughs) You're no longer just passionate. Sorry, Sky. 
Sky is a Spurs fan, and he every time every basketball season he's always painted his whole body black with silver highlights. I'd love to see that sky. <laughs> it's not. I don't, that I don't think it's an obsession. I think. I, I, I think. I'm I think it's, yeah, I think it's for Scottie's. fun. I think. It, well, wear yeah. the uniform. Sure, I get that. Uh, buy a hat. Hey, get one of those foam fingers. You know, <laughs> what's her name had one, and you don't paint. You don't buy paint. I disagree. I uh, think you I can. Think I think you can. I'm yeah. on Sky's side. Is that Two right? Against let's, one. let's hear the answer. Two against one. Is it passion? <laughs> Or is it um, there's no right or wrong answer. This is just a list. <laughs> so why are we competing? <laughs> I was this close to taking Julie out right here. Why don't you just give us a ding and we'll just say everybody won. Whose ding was that? Mine. Yeah, that was. That was I dinged it and I dinged it for Julie and I. Sheesh. Okay, I think the deck is stacked. Okay, so you'll be nicer to Skyler. We'll make him the judge for this round. Oh man. Number two, his or her matching tattoos. Really. Or where like a, a tattoo where they get half a heart on one and half a heart on the other person's, and they have to be together to make the full heart. Okay, you can Passion tattoo yourself. Or craziness. Up. Does the tattoo say like "I'm with him"? Or even just like, getting your loved one's her. name? Okay, because you know people do this. People do it, and it's again, a, yeah. if you want to tattoo your body, tattoo your body. I just wouldn't put anyone's name on it that you could divorce. You know what I mean? A human being. A human being. Mm-hmm. I mean, your children, I guess. I don't know. Uh, it's just. Do you think that the divorce rate's higher among people who are more likely to get a tattoo? No, I think it's thing? lower because what are you going to do? Go get it removed? So <laughs> I guess we're stuck with each other. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people choose commitment. Some choose tattoos. It's just easier. <laughs> it keeps. It's like a legal agreement because you're going to be wearing it till you're 99. Or I guess till you die. I'm going to say uh, that's a little extreme. That's. That's a little extreme. All right. I'm on your side. Sweet. Did we get it right? Oh, yeah, we did. Oh, Skyboy's listening. <laughs> Number three. I know uh, – I'm not sure when the big one in San Diego is, but I know the smaller Salt Lake City Comic Con, Convention of Comics. Oh, boy. Is, uh, I think this weekend. Yeah. Not necessarily people who would attend Comic Con, but those yeah. who would attend in costume – or who would be in character while they're in costume. Let's, let's even take it a little further. Those who are walked off the premises by a police officer in costume at Comic-Con. For taking their in character too far? Yeah. Anyone, yeah, that pretends like they, they just, um, they're lightsabering. I guess that would be. No, it'd be like, I am the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Don't believe me. It's Hulk so smash. <laughs> no, I think that's cute. Until you, until you start wearing the uniform or the outfit. What do we call them, Sky? What do we call those things you wear when you go to Comic Con? Uh, superhero. It's it's like my identity hider. <laughs> your your alter, alter ego. Yeah, he goes. We're talking Sky really here. Right oh yeah. Now. A lot of people don't know that. So superhero outfit on Hollywood Boulevard, passionate. Superhero outfit on Wilshire Boulevard, crazy. Extreme eccentric. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a total ding. Got time for one more? Yeah. The Blaukrantz Bridge bungee jump in South Africa. Yeah, that's crazy. Sweet. The, the bridge is 600 feet above a river. Are you suicidal? They, they, they kind of take you under the tr- truss part of the bridge, bungee you in, let you go. Depending on how heavy you are, you might kind of dip uh, in the water at the very bottom. Sweet. Oh, yeah. That's funny. And then as they're towing you up, they're selling you souvenirs. <laughs> and insurance. <laughs> 
They bungee jump all 600 feet of it or just part of it? Well, I think it's it, – I'm not sure exactly. I think it's 600 feet to the deck and well, then you start yeah. below the deck. I, well, I think you go till your neck snaps. It snaps. It's substantial enough. Like I say, if you're heavy enough, you might – your toes might Okay, that's crazy. Passion. Really? Yeah. Okay. We're sending a video crew out with Julie. <laughs> really? You think that's passion? I think it's awesome. Do you really? I do it. Do you have a Harley? I don't, but I'd love to bungee jump. With a Harley? Okay. <laughs> what do you think, Sky? What would you do? I've been skydiving, but bungee jumping 600 feet, that's pretty... I don't know. I think I could... Hey, you know what? If you do it, wear that shirt. Okay. It's just so we can not lose sight. Okay. Of where you are. You're when so you funny. Hit the you know, I'm going to give that to Julie just just for your comment. That yeah. was for Julie, not Whatever. you. Whatever. Hey, folks, that's passion. Thanks for listening. Remember, our on the program, our goal is to let you know that life's not so bad. There's a lot of good things... One of them is passion. Will you go hug your kids, love your family, help them find their passion? Join us again tomorrow. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio.